This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 112, Cultivating Space, part one. Hey guys, it's Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host. I, I don't want know. you to say the wind beneath your wings. It feels <laughs> I was, appropriate. For I just this think episode. it's funny. I was throwing a twang in there, and I'm not sure my why. Friend, my, my friend, my friend. Oh, love me a twang. <laughs> We're both from the East Coast, I and I'm, I'm from more of the South, like Maryland. You're yeah. from New York, and so, and I grew up going to North Carolina all the time. And sometimes when that little twang comes out, I'm like, oh, there's my girl. <laughs> there she is. We should probably take a trip to the Southeast <sighs> when the world opens up again. You know what? Or just the whole East Coast. Mm. Go back to both of our hometowns. That would be so fun. Can we do it in the fall? Whoops, too late. Next fall? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, you guys, we're so, so looking forward to this episode and the next. It's a pair of episodes that we're releasing back to back because we feel so strongly about these. And did you notice that we skipped a week back? I know. And one thing when we started the podcast is we decided sometimes people do seasons and Mm -hmm. then they take a month break. But we really love this a lot. And we've gotten into a good workflow. So for, you know, over a year. It's been two years now. Oh my gosh. I know. Oh my gosh. I know. Literally, this is our two-year mark. By the time this this airs, we're coming up on the two-year mark. Two years. In October. But we've never missed a week. Well, not never. Because remember, I was super sick that one time. Like super sick when we moved out of the office and we decided to skip a week. So maybe way back in the beginning. But intentionally, we really commit to putting out an episode every week. Every week. And to be honest, guys... With the break last week, this was not about we were busy. In fact, we have several recorded episodes, and we both felt very strong, very impressed Mm -hmm. that we needed to take space, Mm -hmm. not even for ourselves personally, but we needed to talk about and create space. And when we both thought of it, we were kind of like, oh, that's weird, because we both thought of it kind of separate, and we knew it was something we were thinking about in our own lives but we thought we would go with it yeah, and have did. this really intentional space and conversations with, with our communities online. And right. we're really excited to share this episode with you guys because we really feel mm-hmm. so, so strongly about what we are about to talk about. And I think that the conversation will be even more meaningful because we took that space and got even more clear about the things that we want to bring up. So it's an honor to share this two-part with you, Um, and today is just part one, which we'll explain in just a moment. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. It's officially my favorite time of year. The weather is changing, the temps are lowering, pumpkin spice, everything is all around us, and finally, we can think about busting out all those cozy blankets. Here in Arizona, the beginning of fall feels like you're crossing the finish line of a very long and hot Mm -hmm. race, so it is even sweeter. One of my most favorite things is cocooning up in a great blanket and watching a movie with my family. Good blankets in our house are seriously at a high premium because we all love them so stinking much. One blanket that is for sure a favorite in our house is our Buffalo Checked Blanket from Betty's. It is the perfect weight and fluffiness and perfect for snuggling in with somebody that you love. It's even the blanket that we spread across the table and use every time we podcast to help absorb echo. True story. Fun fact and totally true. Betty's blankets come in a wide variety of designs from amazing accents to their signature bedroom designs to farmhouse, modern, timeless neutrals, fun, bold designs. So you are sure to find one that fits you perfectly. Head to bettys.com to get your new family favorite blanket. You always get 20% off everything at bettys.com using the code Becky at checkout. Beck. Yeah. We live in a world. (laughs) That we do. (laughs) I feel like I could just go dot, dot, dot. We live in the world in 2020. Enough said. Period. Right. Right. We live in a world of, you know, you could fill in that blank with so many things, but we do live in a world of so many conflicting messages. And I know we sometimes want to shy away from this phrase sometimes, but there is truly so much noise all the time in all the ways there's political unrest, there's pandemic opinions, there's divisiveness, and pretty much Elections, everything. I mean, I know, but not even sakes. just political, right? Like, there's yeah. just people feel this polarization and they feel this divisiveness in so many things, whether you're participating in it 
or just watching from the sidelines, crying your eyes out, wanting to curl in the fetal position because you're like, why, 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 why is this happening? And most people, I feel like, vacillate between those two places Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day or hour-by-hour basis. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that is really kind of concerning and has been hard for me is that you don't, it's hard to dig to the truth. So like there's all this information, but you it's hard to decide for yourself what is true and what is not. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much. There's so much of it. Okay, so speaking of so much, that's the other thing I was thinking about is there's not only that really obvious like divisiveness, like that kind of noise, but don't you also feel like there is so much influence to do more, to be more, to achieve, push, accomplish, crush, dominate, you name it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that kind of noise is also there. And trust me, for being motivated people, as you and I both are, there's a time and a season to be like, yes, I want to like, I want to do this and I want to do that. But I feel like that is adding to the noise too. And I feel like there is a time and a season for different messages to reach us. But right now I have had this overwhelming feeling and sharing it with you. You were Mm -hmm. like me too. And then you know, talking with a few other people, me too, right? I think it's being felt by a lot of people. It is being felt by a lot of people. And to me at first, I'm like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. And then I immediately, my second thought is that is exciting Mm -hmm. to me. That's really exciting. And I'm going to say something that is very faith-based and I don't expect everyone to believe the same way that we do. But to me, the reason why I feel excited about it is because I feel like that means that God is just trying to work through us in very specific ways ways, even mm-hmm. if we don't understand why, even if we don't understand how there's something about this feeling that not, it's not everybody's feeling it, but there, a lot of us are feeling the specific pull to just calm down, quiet down, quiet your mind, slow down, cultivate space. And, and so this conversation that we had, that you and I both had with our communities on on Instagram has been so meaningful because one of the biggest takeaways that I feel is that we absolutely do have control over what and how we consume. And that is part of what leads us to cultivating um, the space that we need. So, and I think too, it's important to bring up for people who are, I'm not going to say high achievers. I'll say overachiever because that's really what I've been writing about a lot is my overachievement and feeling the need to like pull back Mm -hmm. and create space that way. I think sometimes if you're in a place of being stuck, creating space for you might not mean pulling back more. It might be opening your mind Mm -hmm. to like what you're actually feeling called to do or what you're being guided towards because if we think about always pulling back, that's not always the solution. It's really creating space is really more about the openness. I and think. I'm glad you said that because that's what we'll definitely get into that more and clarify that cultivating space doesn't mean you're sitting still in a quiet, dark room and not listening and not moving and not it's, it, I mean, sure. There's maybe a time I couldn't for that. do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Becky profit yeah. for sure. Is I not. would struggle with that hard. <laughs> and speaking of struggle, since you mentioned it, we're going to talk about some of the struggles with cultivating space as well. And I am really excited to pull in the dialogue that we've experienced with people from our community, because what Becky and I would love nothing more is to have you guys just sitting with us. We want to just sit together around the family room, around the campfire, around the table and have these type of conversations. But since we can't do that, the next best thing is we did it on Instagram yeah. and we're pulling some of the commentary and the insights and the tips that you guys have shared. So, mm-hmm. um, some of the, the tips that were, or some of the insights that were shared, excuse me, um, were concerns with slowing yeah. down. So we're, we're going to get there. So I'm yeah. glad that you mentioned that. Um, the other thing I wanted to also touch on is how, how important it is for us to cultivate the space for discernment, especially with that bombardment of opinions and misinformation and all of that. I feel like it's more important than ever for us to know how to really understand what's right or true for us personally and for our families. Mm -hmm. And there's no question that you guys listening, you feel that too. Like it's, we all know that that's important for us, but there's something about discernment that I feel like can be a lost art with the increased amount of noise and with the increased amount of accessibility to all the voices, Mm -hmm. all of the information, all of the divisiveness. And so I just want to remind all of us that being, um, being able to follow your, your intuition and be, being able to discern is huge, huge important. It seems like it's a muscle that Mm -hmm. is getting really worked right now. And so sometimes when that happens, you have a little soreness, right? Mm-hmm. But we're being given a lot of opportunity to, de- to develop this within mm-hmm. ourselves. But soreness man, is the truth, right? 
right? We're all just a little sore. <laughs> but once you, the thing is, is once you become really clear with your intuition, with your discernment, really with like the voice within, mm-hmm. man, it just really changes everything. It does change everything. And it doesn't change your environment necessarily. It doesn't change your circumstances sometimes. But when you focus on what you can control instead of what you cannot control, mm-hmm. it literally can change your life. That's so empowering. It like busts out the walls of whatever imaginary box you think exists or maybe you've put yourself in or are afraid to put yourself in. It just literally takes down all the boundaries. It totally does. the best ever. Joanna said, I do feel like I have changed a little since the pandemic hit. My priorities are changing. I know I'm on the edge of change. I just don't know what yet. It certainly Mm. seems to be a time to rest and reset life. Dude, is she onto something? I could seriously I know cry I'm right now. on the edge of change and I just don't know what I literally feel goosebumps when I read that again. She knows it because she feels it. Does Joanna know exactly what that mm-hmm. means? No. Do I know what it means? No. But I have learned to trust, and so have you, Beck. We can both attest to this, that when you feel that pull, when you feel that nudge, like something needs to change. Mm-hmm. I'm on the verge of change. Something's about to happen. Good or bad, I don't even know. Right. But why not lean into that? Why not go with that and go, oh, okay then. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is a good time to cultivate space so that I'm available and ready for whatever needs to happen with my direction. We'll talk more about that. But but Kristen, another comment before we go deep diving (laughs) into all the things. Kristen says, I think... Um, when we all went into quarantine, we were forced to slow down. We didn't know what to do with ourselves. And now that life now, of course, that's not everybody's case. Some people's jobs ramped up, right? Right. We know that, Mm -hmm. but, but she relates to a lot of people and she continues. And now that life is slowly returning to normal air quotes, we are evaluating our lives and wondering what is really important. Sometimes I think that this was God's way of telling us to truly slow down and find ourselves again. And that is one thing that comes from space, from cultivating space in your life is going, oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is the pivot that I need in my life. And that's awesome. Do you know what it was like for me is I think sometimes we, we over identify in like the group experience of humanity. So, Mm. you know, we all have so many communities and I value those communities so much. Yeah. I love our school community and our church community. I love all of it. But there is sometimes there can become this like herd mentality of like, okay, for instance, piano lessons are what you just do if you can afford it and you have kids. And that's like one of the enriching things we do for young children, right? And it just becomes this herd mentality of like, you just kind of start to adapt the things that everyone around you is doing. Totally true. Because you think that is what you're supposed to do or that is the right thing to do. And I think for us, kind of taking us out of that herd mentality, which I didn't even realize I had some of those things, but taking myself out of that, it it made me connect to like our individ, my individual self, mm-hmm. number one. And number two, our individual children and our individual family and really what our family needs and less, it took it from like a broad narrative really to a very specific narrative again, which was amazing. Like it's very clarifying, very clarifying. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't even realize that I needed that so much. I don't think most of us do. Yeah. I don't think most of us understand how valuable that is. And I think that that's probably one of the reasons that you and I have felt so inclined to open this up for discussion Mm. so that we can just we're, we're trying to crack our minds open a little bit more. And I think together, speaking of herd mentality, maybe that's a positive way to have that, that herd, um, space. The herd spacing. Wow. That's just not the right word. I know exactly what you're saying. It's like the herd mentality is good when we all collectively kind of open our minds and learn from each Mm -hmm. other and go to that next level of like what we're each individually learning. Well, and in addition to that bonus cherry on top is the feeling of connection that has increased in my life just from this week's past the the dialogue on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Most of these people I don't have a personal relationship with, but we've connected through Instagram. Mm -hmm. They follow and they comment and they like, or they double tap or whatever, but we've had really meaningful conversations, some in the comments that you can all publicly see and many via DM private conversations with people that I'm like, dude, I am connecting with you on this. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the most powerful things about social media, good and bad. We know that all day long. Let me tell you how we're going to organize. This is just, you know, I I got it. You take it girl. (laughs) 
we can just have a rambling conversation and we're good at that. But also there's something about organizing like, okay, what's, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. How are we going to lay this out? So in this episode, we're going to talk about two main considerations. We're going to consider examining the way that we fill the space in our life and how cultivating space breeds opportunity. And then in the next episode, which is 113, we're going to talk about being curious about those feelings about space and what cultivating space means for you personally right now. So we're going to cover it all. And that's why we knew it had to be in two parts. We the heck are. (laughs) I told Becky the other day, I'm like, dude, this is literally... This topic alone could be its own podcast, weekly, consistent, pumping it out every week. Uh, It's just an incredibly important thing to be talking about. But always and forever, we're going to bring topics and guests and things to the table that we are feeling impressed upon are important for all of us to be working on collectively at a specific time. And so we Mm -hmm. really feel like for us, this is top of mind. This is it right now. This mm-hmm. is what matters so much. So um, before I go into those two topics, just real quick, kind of like a global thought is what do we mean by space? This is good for us to both kind of just expand on a little yeah. bit. We touched on it barely, but I, I just want to clarify that space does not have to look like silence. Although I am a big fan of silence. Becky and I feel a little differently about that because we are different human beings. I actually have insight on that now. Okay, good. Share. Yeah. Okay. So I, I mentioned in a past episode, I am now... My my second time reading, I read the book and now I immediately started over again. Cause I like retained which book letting go. Oh, the one that I was talking about. And it, it's, talking... but you didn't tell them about it. You told me about it. No, I, I definitely, I mentioned it in, oh, our, in, previous in our episode. episode. Mm-hmm, I gotcha. did. Um, and one thing that this is talking about particularly is about space with kids. And it was talking about different temperaments, different ways the brain works my physiology, if I have on, say, classical music, it actually provides my brain the availability and space it needs to do free thinking. Mm-hmm. As where sometimes if it's completely silent, mm-hmm. for me and my brain, like my brain can't let go. Totally. And so I love that you bring that up because for you, the silence, oh, you love it. I love right? it. And for me, I mean silence sometimes. I like it when I'm sleeping a lot. (laughs) But you know, even if you're like getting your nails done or getting a massage or something and that Mm -hmm. like soft music is playing. Mm -hmm. And the reason why this was so interesting to me is I have a child who during distance learning has, was listening to music and I was getting so bugged. I'm like, Mm. dude, just focus on your work. And then I read this and I was like, duh, this is what his brain needs to Mm. like be able to focus. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I definitely wanted to clarify that, that I don't want people to mistake space for like physical stillness or Mm -hmm. actual silence. They're not the same thing. Right. Space can include those things. Those, those things will cultivate space, silence, stillness, but space is bigger than that, isn't it? That's what oh, you and so I have experienced. Like Space. even when I'm praying, mm-hmm. in fact, if I'm, if I'm doing like a prayer by myself, I oftentimes speak out loud. Mm-hmm. Like I find Amen. a place where I'm alone because that is how I mm-hmm. stay engaged in the conversation. Totally. Space can look like a change of pace, right? And I mean, I just did that last week. I'll speak more to that later, but I just totally took a major shift Mm -hmm. in my whole typical workflow and changed my pace from my usual go, 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 right? With my work, my to-dos, my tasks, my family, my projects, (laughs) and I just changed my pace. And I'm like, how about I just sit for a little while and think about some things? How about I just do the dishes without listening to a podcast in my ear? How about I just, you know what I mean? Totally. That's what I mean by changing your pace. It could also mean slowing down. It doesn't always have to mean slowing down, mm-hmm. but sometimes, I think a lot of times for a lot of people, it does mean slowing down or doing something different and not doing things the way that you do it just because that's the way you usually do it. Like, what does that even mean, right? Ugh. Just let the, let the ideas just kind of roll around in your mind as I say these things because you guys will get even more clear about what this looks like for you. And I just wanted to share a few quick examples of space in my life. And Beck, feel free to share. We've got lots of opportunities to share lots of examples, but just off the top of my head, one example of space in my life that a lot of you know about because you're loyal listeners and you kind of follow along with the journey is that when I had an anxiety attack last May, and what did I do? I literally cultivated space by stopping work, stopping everything, running away for a week, going to a a wellness resort, 
taking mm-hmm. care of myself. That's a very dramatic example. Right. That's not accessible for most people to, to do something so dramatic, but it is exactly what I needed to do exactly when I needed to do it. But to be honest, your dramatic, what you needed to help in that situation probably was a result of also how far you had let it go. Totally. You know what I mean? That's such a good point. So yes. if we, if we're better about catch, catching things a little yes. sooner and doing these little moments or like, Honestly, I think most of this is even just open consideration mm-hmm. of like questioning everything we do in our lives just to make sure it's yeah. still making sense for us. If we do that, hopefully we don't get to a place where our body's like, we're yes. shutting this down. Yeah. Like, I'm shutting you down for your own good here yeah. and we're just going to handle this. I agree with that. And I also am thankful for dramatic experiences that really come as like in the form of a wake up call. Cause you're like, wow, I had no idea that I was that bad. Yep. <laughs> that I was that not well or that far gone in my mind or whatever. Now here's a less dramatic example. And definitely when I was in a much better place, and this is just recent this summer, did a bunch of road trips with my kids and there was one stretch hours long that the kids were each on their devices. We definitely like, we like, we actually really enjoy that with our car time, with our downtime, with road trips. We're not that family that's like, everybody's going to turn off all their devices and we're going to talk and play family games. And <laughs> that's just, our family. Yeah. <laughs> well, times and seasons. Right. right? Totally. <laughs> but for our family, this works for us. I even had a really meaningful conversation with my kids about that. I'm like, I don't want you guys to like look back and have these memories of these road trips that yeah. all you did was you were on your device and we didn't play games. So like, mom, seriously, like, I think if you did that with us, we would we would like, we would feel you'd, you'd hate resentful. Yeah. Like that's not our family's style. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're right. And you're welcome. Yeah. And <laughs> no. thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to go back to my audiobook. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, thanks for the justification. No, this was a stretch of the road that was long and it, and it, it was just hours long and it was beautiful. And for some reason I just had that little nudge of like, that audiobook doesn't sound interesting right now. I'm not feeling podcast. I've already listened to Hamilton 17 times on this trip. Is like, Hamilton ever a wrong choice though? I mean, really. <laughs> in this case it was because what I knew in that moment is I knew that silence, actual audible silence was exactly what I needed. That's not what I do a lot on road trips. Do I do it driving from A to B? Yes. I, I'm a, that's kind of one of my things yeah. is I like to drive in silence because um, I get ideas and I get kind mm-hmm. of clear. I like to pray while I'm driving, oddly enough. Um, out loud in the car, that's my place where I pray mm-hmm. out loud a lot. Cause I know that there's like nobody that can walk into my talk, yes, <laughs> my right. crazy talk. Um, but it was so meaningful. And I remember thinking, this is so odd. The kids are all in their own space and I can literally just listen and get deep into this audiobook or this podcast or whatever. And I'm like, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So instead of resisting that and going with what I was talking about earlier and going with what I normally do, mm-hmm. I ended up having a really meaningful, quiet session of hours without literally just driving and looking at nature and not trying to intentionally think about anything. I just let my mind wander. What even is that? The best ever. The best ever. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's something we lose as we become adults. Like that is what kids mm. are so good at mm-hmm. is they can plug into these moments and just let their brains just totally be free to imagine and to create and to all these oh, different things. I love it. And then somehow we become adults and we lose. <laughs> we get the, I, I, guess we, I guess we lose the natural tendency towards mm. that childlike mm-hmm. imagination and wonder. And so letting your brain just breathe for a minute. It's so interesting what ends up floating to the surface when you do that. I agree with that. Claire's a really good example to me on that. Claire is our 15 year old and she almost every night she gets on her skateboard. She's a skater girl. She gets on her skateboard and she rides down to the end of the street to her favorite spot. That's just dirt. You guys, we live in the desert. It's just dirt. It's not a pretty spot, but it means everything to her. That is Claire's 15 year old version right now in this season of cultivating space. She listens to music. It's not quiet. That's why Mm -hmm. I wanted to clarify. She has her favorite music in her AirPods. She's on her skateboard. So she is listening to something. She is physically moving and it's still space because that's where, as she says, that's where she clears her head and she just, just likes to be in the moment and just kind of Go watch the sunset and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that cool? It's we amazing. can learn from our kids. It's true. And I think sometimes when we think about stillness or creating space, we think what works for us. Going back to kind of that Hank, Hank Smith um, 
thing that he taught us was that your, you know, your glasses prescription, you wouldn't put it on your kid and expect it to work. Well, this is kind of the same thing is, um, I needed to learn that one of my kids needs music when they do school. And that makes no sense to me. And yet it's exactly what they need. And so really Mm -hmm. as parents particularly, or even as a spouse or a friend, um, the thing with this is really becoming in tune with what you need, Absolutely. What, what sets your brain free. And we are really going to go there with the next episode because we want you to very much wrap your head around what that looks like for you right now, especially in this season, because it's not mm-hmm. necessarily going to look the same as yesterday or tomorrow, or I should say last month or next month. Yeah. Um, but you really want to be in tune with that on a very personal level. One more example I just wanted to give because it's so fresh is um, a social media break. That is an example of cultivating space. And that's what I did a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And because it's so recent, I wanted to bring it up. It wasn't planned ahead well in advance. It wasn't one of the, it was just, again, it goes back to that nudge, that little feeling of like, you know what? Like nothing, no, no drama, no, yeah. like no overwhelm. No, I can't keep up with sharing content. Like th- these, those are not my issues right now. Mm-hmm. The, the feeling was how about just step away from daily creating content and responding so faithfully as I do with comments and DMs. And how about just take that one piece of your life and just set it to the side for a week mm-hmm. and let's just see what happens. And that, that curiosity right there alone is something that we will also talk about later because that's what brought me to that point was mm-hmm. I was curious. I wonder what that'll be like. Well, let's try it. I think sometimes we get scared when you hear like stepping away from stuff, like we're going to miss out or we're going to miss the boat or we're going to like sure. miss out on something amazing. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is I don't think life is that way. Mm-hmm. I think that if something's right for you, it's going to be right for you today. It's totally. going to be right for you tomorrow. And this franticness, I, I actually wrote about this. If you want to go back on my Instagram feed about what um, the difference between ambition and purpose and how sometimes I get caught up with this overachieving where I'm like, it, it feels desperate. It feels frantic. It feels like it feels exciting, but in a way that's like, if I don't do this right now, it's going to be too late. Like that kind of frantic. Mm-hmm. And I can see you having that yes. natural tendency. So, and I you know, I too. totally fight yeah. that. And then that becomes my ambition. But then when I get in a more purposeful place, it still feels ex- exciting and exhilarating and empowering, but that frantic, desperate piece is gone. Mm-hmm. And that frantic, desperate piece, I think sometimes is what keeps us spinning or feeling like we're missing out or feeling like we're not doing enough. Like you were saying, feeling like we're not creating enough, we're not being enough, whatever enough means to you that we're not that. And that creates that really icky feeling mm-hmm. of that frantic yucky. And we don't want that. We also call that anxiety. In my mind, (laughs) there's a word for that. There's a word for that. And I was going to say with your social media break, I love that you take these huge chunks of time and you're like, no, I'm just going to not do it. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've learned with myself, especially with social media is I love creating content, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I'm just not feeling it. Mm -hmm. And whether that's a day or an hour or a week or a month or a year, I don't even have to plan it out. I can just say, well, today I'm just not going to. Yeah. And like that, I can just say no for that day. And you probably noticed a little bit more social media. We have had some things going on in our life that have um, been great things, which I'm sure eventually I'll tell you about, but like just have been preoccupying my time. And so it just, it's okay to just take space and not even say you're taking space yeah, or apologize for yeah. it. Like, Oh, definitely don't apologize you know I mean? for it. But like, I think what you're saying is you don't even have to explain it. You have nothing to explain to anyone. Exactly. Um, in my case, taking a social media break makes all the sense to explain things. Cause I had some things like, Hey, before I step away for a week, well, I, for you to step, I want you guys would, to know because you're so consistent. Yeah. People expect that. And I think totally. it's a courtesy thing, but I will tell you behind the scenes, thing. like this episode, we were, we're going to record Friday, I think. Mm-hmm. And just Yep. That that morning, both of us were like, you know what? Let's nope. just let's just delay for a minute. Yep. And that's okay too. It's great. It's better than okay, right? Yeah. Okay. There are these are the two main things we're going to consider in this episode. This first one is gonna we don't have to spend very much time on it, and then we'll spend a little bit more time on the last point before we take a break, and then move into we take some space. <laughs> we're going to cultivate some space between these two episodes. Isn't that great? Okay. So this is what it is. We want you to consider examining the ways that you fill your space. Mm. What does that mean, Becky? What am I talking about? For me? Yeah. And maybe I hope this is what you mean, but for me, literally it's taking 
notice, just putting myself in a place of like, what fills up my day? And then I take notice of all those things, probably over the course of a few days or a week, because mm-hmm. um, my life is very weekly. It's a very like a weekly cycle. cycle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it every single thing I'm doing or that I'm committing to or that I have committed to or my kids are committed to or all the things, I just consider, is this working? Do we need this? Is this still the right thing? Well, before you even get to that deep level of considering, is it working or not? Can we just take a moment to notice what we are filling our space with? Right. So I kind of think that that's almost in two layers. Like, yeah. Are you aware? Can we be more aware of how much we are filling in every little space? And what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about is it's almost like when you're going from A to B, right? Like you're Mm. running your errands, you're going from here to there, or you're transitioning from this task to that task, or, you know, just kind of notice how many times did I pick up my phone and refresh my inbox? If you seriously want to really get a little gauge of where you're at, particularly with phones, because I think that they're the most easily, Mm -hmm. um, I will say even like, Obviously, it's the easiest default, but also because we bank on there. There's emails on there, and we do parenting things on Everything there. Everything happens books on, on the there. phone. <laughs> Everything right. ha- if you want to really open your eyes to like how much time you're spending on your phone, I dare you to go check your battery usage with mm-hmm. your phone, and it will tell you how much time you're spending on average per day, and it will delineate what you're spending your time on if you have an Apple device. I'm sure that Sam, I'm sure that the Android, probably the Android I'm sure they do. I just only know the Apple one. But. Yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, it is a wake-up call. It's definitely interesting. I get a notification at the beginning of every week, n- not just yeah, screen on my time phone report. tells me screen time mm-hmm. and if it's yeah. up or down. I don't even, I'm like, oh, okay. It doesn't even really phase me because, like, I get it. Like, I have hours in a week that I spend on my phone. That's where I run my business. That's where I connect with people that I love. That's where I do. Can I tell you something, though? Well, sure. Okay, so we've been creating space. Yeah. And I still don't even know how this happened. Yeah. Um, I actually think I do know how it happened. I was getting my screen time report because same thing. I get a report. I was on my phone one day in the past couple of days for six hours. Amazing. Congratulations. No. On and I literally <laughs> was like, what day was that? I wasn't I even on the phone. I wasn't even I wasn't. No, literally. And I'm sure that it was Pinterest and I was looking something up mm. and then I was banking and then I was six hours in a day in one That's impressive. Day. I mean, that's embarrassing to admit because no, I, somebody's appreciating if anyone that knows me, they know that I pride myself on not being attached to my phone uh-huh. and answering emails and texts right mm-hmm. away. Becky can testify. Mm-hmm. Um, six hours. True story, guys. Six yeah. hours. But okay. But that was an exception. And well, I he, would hope so. That was the day that I looked. Here's the point that I want to make with it though, because I'm so glad you brought that up. Let's not get too worked up about the number of hours they're spending in a day. I think when it comes to cultivating space in our life and this particular subtopic of like, how are we filling the space? Let's think a little bit more about what our default habits are. And so forget about... Give me an example of like default habits. Oh, I can totally, totally admit that one of my historical default habits is the number of times I'll pick up my phone because it comes everywhere with me and I refresh my inbox or I'll just check Instagram to see if there are DMs because surely Mm -hmm. someone needs my attention right now. Mm -hmm. So that's the running theme. It's a text, a DM, a comment to respond to, an email. These are all things of like, who needs me now? Mm -hmm. That's silly. Okay. Say that again though, because I think that's actually really key. But I didn't think of it until I just said it. That wasn't, Mm. it's not on my notes. Like who needs me now? That's key. But why do I think that way? Well, that's a whole deeper conversation. It is, but I think... Don't dissect me on the air. (laughs) No, really though. That is something that, um, because I've always wondered for myself, I have the opposite reaction of like, I will not pick up my phone because Mm. I literally don't want to know who needs me now. Mm. And that goes to where I'm at with like ownership over myself and Mm -hmm. whatever my expression of that. And Glennon Doyle um, actually kind of articulated this in a way that I felt was so, so true for me is that you want, you know, she was saying that like, you wouldn't expect people to ring on your doorbell all day long and like expect for you to invite them in and feed them and, and entertain them. But really with our phones, what we're doing is we're making ourselves available to other people a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, we and are. the crappy part is, yeah. is now there is this kind of social etiquette piece that if you don't answer a text within 
whatever, mm-hmm. that now you're rude or now you're mm-hmm. dismissive. And so I think that that actually, what you're talking about gets to the heart of what it's about, which is like owning yourself and your time and instead letting yourself available to the whole rest of the world all the time. Okay. So can I invite you yes. as my friend to dinner? To consider- Just <laughs> Because I accept. (laughs) Over dinner, can you dissect that one a little further with me on a personal level? Because I didn't realize that that's what the question was until I said it. Who needs me now? I'm curious to know why I even have that feeling at all. So let's go there later. I'm going to coach you right through that. Don't worry. Okay. Let's do that. You're going to be neglecting your email box. Oh, I'm just that's kidding. so out of character for me. That makes me highly uncomfortable. Wait, what am I saying? Highly uncomfortable? Yeah, Ooh. we're going to talk about discomfort later as yeah. well. Okay, so to kind of round out some of these thoughts on considering examining the ways that you fill your space, I just want you to kind of keep in mind a, a term that I think a lot of us think of is buffering. Mm. What does that mean, Beck? For people who are like, what are you talking about? What does buffering mean in this context? So here's the thing. Buffering behaviors are neither good nor bad, mm-hmm. and behaviors can be buffering and the same behavior cannot be buffering. Mm-hmm. So for instance, um, really healthy examples of buffering, exercise. If you have a thing where you have to exercise every day, you have to examine why you're doing that. Like what is your reasoning behind doing that? If you take that away, is there an identity piece that's missing? Is there like, why would you be so uncomfortable not having that for a day? Of course, buffering behaviors that are obviously bad, substance abuse, drugs, alcohol. I think TV is a big one. It's any, anything you do to numb, to like step outside of yourself and numb so that you're feeling less and you're going into autopilot. Feeling less Mm -hmm. puts you more and, and it puts you in, right. And puts you more into autopilot mode, which is not intentional living. It's it's not intentional living. And here's the thing. One of the people that I coach um, was going through something similar, and the expression of that really was not unhealthy behaviors. It was healthy behaviors, but where it was manifesting for this person was having a really hard time deeply connecting because they weren't openly available because they were buffering so that much. That makes sense to me. And so it's hard, when we have those healthy, quote, healthy buffering behaviors, it becomes a little more difficult because it's not unhealthy. And a lot of times those things are things that are celebrated by the world. Um, in mm, essentialism, wow, Greg McKeown talks about that where overachieving at work or the 14 hour work day, like these things sometimes are celebrated within our culture, but actually those behaviors are keeping us from connecting with ourselves mm. and connecting with others. And when we don't have that connection, particularly with ourselves, we feel out of balance or we feel very like flatline. Mm. And that's not a good place to be. And by the way, we've brought this book up many times over the course of the podcast, but if you've not yet read Essentialism, just Mm. put it at the top of your list, would you? Like you guys would love it. I promise you every human, it should just be required reading for every human. We will put that in the show notes, a direct link to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would add Miranda Anderson's more than enough. Yes. Would also be excellent, an ama- amazing book. book. And she mm-hmm. has some great workbook pages in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, for some suggestions, how to work on this as a family. For sure. Really yes. Good. Such good books, such good resources. Um, one last thing I wanted to touch on because we talked about phones, we've touched on social media. I'm going to just go there for just a moment. Social media is a huge space filler. If we could be, again, doesn't apply to everybody, but most of us can relate to the the constant checking of the social media. When you watch The Social Dilemma, that documentary, you will understand even more what we're talking about because there are brilliant people and machines and algorithms behind the scenes that make you feel like you do need to keep checking. Like I fall into that trap a hundred percent. Who needs me now? What it, where's my, like, what do I need to do right now? Can I take care of something? Can I respond to something? I don't want them to feel like I abandoned them. So the question I would ask you, like if I was for real coaching you is I would say, are we doing this now? I'm just, because I think you're touching on something that is 100% 100 of every one of us does this. Oh, okay. What is that? And the question is, is what worth are you attaching to your availability to everyone else? Like what, what are you attaching to what you can do for everyone else? I don't know. Well, I mean, and you don't need to answer. I'm just saying for everyone out there, like, let's all think of this. Mm. When we're saying, what, what am I needed for? Mm-hmm. When you're able to be the person, to be the person rescuing, to be the helper, to be the volunteer, mm-hmm. what are you attaching? What meaning are you attaching to that? I 
am available to serve. So I am what? Worthwhile. So I'm enough. So I'm righteous. So I, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. meaning it is you're attaching to that, guys, it's never the behavior. It's never the behavior of want, being available to other people to serve is a wonderful thing. It's the meaning that we attach to it that then can really muddy the waters and it can be, it, it takes it from a very healthy open share of connection and love to a buffering behavior. And when we cross that line, we're probably crossing back and forth over that line all the time. I think so. And I'm going to noodle on that off the air. You gave, yeah. you gave me something really important to think about because I was trying to process what I might say to that. And I think besides connection and feeling needed and valuable and mm-hmm. used, in a good way, I think there's also an element of, of um, productivity for me totally. personally. That's part of my, my innate desires to be, pro- I like to produce. I'm a producer, literally. Mm-hmm. I produce things every day. We all do. We're all creative. We all create. We all produce. But that's like a, an especially thing, a big thing right. for me. And so I do want to. And again, it's not about the producing. If that's right. part of it's, it's like not, a, it's it's a not about taking your personality down to this, like, mm-hmm. I don't need anything but myself. It's about honoring those things about you and showing up in a purposeful way so that they don't become buffering. Because when you cross that line, which is where I think, honestly, Beck, you got to during your anxiety attack, is you crossed over that line and it became buffering. And that no longer brought you joy. In fact, it brought you quite the opposite. You right. crossed over from purposeful to frantic. Yeah. And then your body was like, we're out of balance here. Totally. So it, 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 there's not a right or wrong answer. It's literally just asking yourself the question, giving your brain the space to be like, what am I attaching to this? Mm-hmm. Is this a healthy attachment or do I need to scale back and just take a minute? Or just change, tweak, yeah. adjust, tweak. And that's pivot. the thing. It's not, a, for most of us, it's, most of us are not going to have a buffering behavior of substance abuse or addiction. Like that is a really far jump to make. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we're always kind of dancing this line mm-hmm. and that's fine. It's normal. It's just ask, ask yourself these questions. And this is kind of what this first section is all about. What are you filling your day with and what meaning are you attaching to it? Mm-hmm. Just become aware. Awareness is like 90% oh, of the battle. And that is the whole point of that entire section that we're now rounding out is just be more aware. That is one of the exercises that I've personally put myself through before I even took my social media break. And I've just, I've been thinking about this a lot for yeah. the last couple of years, honestly, is just here and again, I kind of get more cognizant, more aware, more just um, intuitive with like, oh, wow, I'm really trying to fill in all my spaces here. Mm-hmm. Why? Where's that coming yeah. from? And, and and what am I filling my space with? And and I will share one comment from uh, Sandy, and she relates to the whole social media aspect that that we touched on. Social media is a crutch for a lot of people. It's a it's a default habit. It's and I'm not. You know that we're big fans of social media. Big fans, both both of us. But we also know the dangerous sides if you don't keep it in check. And so what Sandy said is, my space is is slowing down on how much um, Facebook I let into my life. Mm-hmm. Need to step back from all the controversy is definitely causing me to feel so much anxiety depression. Mm. The reason I wanted to read Sandy's comment is because I wholeheartedly believe that a lot of people relate to what she's saying. Now, I don't feel anxiety and depression with social media because I have been for a long time very, very intentional with the accounts that I follow. So I'm not following accounts that pull me down because I'm aware Mm. of it. I know that I I know the line that if I cross into it, it's going to have me spiraling down. And so I just don't follow those accounts. Right. But I think a lot of people do follow accounts that they just, they don't under, they don't recognize as those types of, um, pieces of content that actually have them feeling like, Oh, and again, it's not about the content. It's not about the social media. Good point. It's about the meaning that you're attaching to it. And so one invitation I would give with social media and this is something we talk a lot about with our kids, um, with social media is you have, if you're going to engage in social media, I would really encourage you. And I know Becky has said this a hundred times to be in the creator space and not the consuming space for sure. And at least keep that balance. And so for my kids, which honestly, none of them have had social media yet because we've asked them this question, we've said, you can have social media, but before you do, you need to know what you want to say. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not going on social media to say something, and I don't mean build a platform, I mean, have it be an exchange of a conversation. If you're going on there to just consume, there's literally not one valuable thing that can happen there. But if you're going into it, so if you're going on social media, why? 
if you're going on for DMs, great, because those are honest, true, connective conversations. Yep. If that's your intention, great. If that's not, what are, what are, what you, are, you, doing? What are you doing on there? Yeah. yeah. If you don't have something to say or a conversation to engage in, mm-hmm. don't do it. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. Here's the big second part of, okay. of today's conversation is to consider how cultivating space breeds opportunity. Amen. Ugh. Always and forever. This is preach sister friend. Huge. You don't go girl. Okay. You go girl. I'm going to go. It's my favorite. <laughs> I just feel so well. We both feel so strongly about this. You guys, if we don't cultivate the space, we are missing out on the opportunity to feel and learn something so important. Cultivating space equals making yourself available. What's one of the, what's one of the favorite things you love to say that God cares way less, way less about our abilities and way more about our availability. It's And true. that's because our lack of ability is not actually a roadblock. Mm-hmm. It's not at all. Our skill has nothing to do with our success. What does have to do with our success is our availability to learn and to grow. And you make yourself completely unavailable if you fill every teeny space in your life. Or if you think that you've arrived yeah. or you're progressed or you know everything yep. or you're good. Yes. I hear people say that all the time. I'm so good. Like, think, I'm just good. What? And I'm like, it is so Wait, you great. you hear people say this? I'm just good. No, really, I'm though. I'm so good? I'm, no, I'm just good. Like, my life is so, like, we're doing oh, so good. Oh, I'm and, good. I'm and good not right that now. It's, it sounds like it's complacency to me. It's not that it's a me. bad thing to be good. But, okay, this is the best illustration I can give of this okay. principle. I have this child. I try to always say this child, and then by the end, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have this child named Lucy, and she is very... She loves to earn money. So she's very like entrepreneurial. So we go on vacations Love it, girl. without fail with the first day, 90% of that money will be gone. It mm. doesn't matter. Like this always happens, right? She will, she will spend most of her money or all of her money within the first little bit. Cause she just, she loves it so much. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then comes day two, three and four. And she finds something she actually would have wanted so much more. And then I have to say to her, that sucks. Sorry. You spent that money. You should have. Should have saved some, saved some money there. Hope you learn for next time. This is the best illustration of this principle I can give. If you are feeling, if you're spending all your money day one, all your energy, all your time, what's going to happen when you find something day three? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You can't have it. Mm-hmm. That is a good illustration. And it's sad. Yeah. But, it's you, sad. but there's only one way to truly learn. It is so good for Lucy spending all of her money on the first day of vacation. So she is learning, even though she probably has done that on repeat, like she'll get it. She now is up to saving 50%. There you go. There you go. She started at 10 and she's like, we need to move to 50. (laughs) Good for her. I need a reserve. It's true. You learn that. But if, if you, you know, imagine a cup of water, if it's full, you Mm -hmm. can't receive anything else. Mm. You can't throw a rock in there or like everything's going to come tumbling down. You can't. You know, you can't even put a delicious flavor in there. It's just going to all come spilling out the sides. Mm. If you're, if you're full, I mean, that's it. Yep. That's true. So you can't get to that place where you think I'm good. It's good. I'm good. I've arrived. And the sad part is the universe, there's so much more. There's so much goodness. There's so much interaction and things and you're missing it. Yes. You're missing it. We don't want you guys to miss. We don't. Here's something I said, just a little piece of one of my Instagram posts from this three-part series that we both did recently. I said, I believe that when we give ourselves space, instead of cramming every moment of every day with tasks and mindless scrolling or TV or even thoughts of busyness, Mm. that's a big one for me. If I'm, my brain's just go, go, go in my head. We are positioning ourselves to be inspired. If we give ourselves space instead of cramming every moment, that's what I'm trying to say. We are positioning ourselves to be inspired. In my experience, this has resulted in beautiful opportunities. The reason why so many people get ideas or feel inspired in the shower, like you do back, I know that's Mm -hmm. like me too, but you talk about the shower a lot Mm -hmm. and I talk about the car a lot. We have these places where we get inspired, both of us, hiking, Mm -hmm. hiking, right? It's because... When you're in the shower, for example, scrolling on your phone is not even an option. Correct. Correct? I mean, I've never tried it. Maybe it's possible. I I would not recommend it. I don't recommend it. So I guess my thought with this is that consuming informative, valuable, interesting content is fantastic, but we can't constantly have someone else's voice in our ear or someone else's influence 
on our thoughts, because in my opinion, I feel like whatever God has for us on a very personal level just trumps anything that we can hear, see, double tap, listen to, Mm -hmm. be told. We just have to cultivate the space. And so that's how I feel. (laughs) That is how I feel. I have so many things. Okay, so let me just give you an example. There I was (laughs) hiking, right? And you guys know we love to talk about hiking. And both of us can attest to hiking with input, listening to a really good audiobook or talking with a friend. We've been hiking many times together, um, strengthening that relationship. Like there's so many different ways to do this, but obviously we also both value hiking with stillness in our minds. Like it's quiet, no input. And some of the most profound experiences have happened that way. I had an experience once where I planned on listening to my audiobook, whatever I was listening to at the time. And again, goes back to the nudge. I felt like it was, that was the day I just needed to turn off the, I needed to not listen to anything. Mm-hmm. And again, I got curious. So I'm like, well, wonder what I'm supposed to feel today. So again, instead of resisting, you hear me say this again, cause it's yeah. like, I've learned this, you guys, I have trained myself. She to- says resisting cause now she feels the resistance and has trained herself to move past it. Exactly. Right? Thank you. That's exactly what it is. And we'll talk more about feelings later, but that's totally what it is. Is like, like the older me would have been like, no, but this is such a good book. It's such a good book and it's going to give me good insights. And no, actually what I need right now in this moment is I need to quiet my mind. That was the hike that I had a flood, flood, I'm telling you, a flood of information into my heart and my mind, inspiration, information that I could not even keep up with that all led to creating my modern story. I remember that. And it was remarkable on a personal level. Forget mm-hmm. about that my modern story is now an Instagram account and a free audio course or a free um, online course and all these things and people are feeling impacted by it. But for me, on a personal level, I was like, holy cow, God wasn't kidding. Mm-hmm. Like when he tells me to just quiet my mind for a minute, it's because he really means it. He really needs me to feel or understand or hear it's something It's because right he now. wants to give you something. He's always got something to give to us. And that's always. the thing is if we don't give the space, it's like we just can't, we that's can't right. receive that gift. That's right. I want to give a few more examples because I want you guys to just let your wheels spin. And we'll just kind of round out with a few examples. Of course, Beck, if you have others, chime in. Because recently, and I'm talking like in the last couple of weeks, I really, really have been circling back to this whole cultivating space theme in my life. I decided one morning to listen to Amy Tenney's um, yoga and meditation podcast. We've had Amy mm-hmm. on the show. We'll link to that episode. It's so good. She's a love, personal love, friend love of Amy. ours. She lives locally. We love Amy. But I haven't been making a priority to listen to her podcast recently. I just haven't, right? There's so many good things to listen to all the time, mm-hmm. right? But I decided to cultivate the space and listen to, I'm telling you, it was probably eight minutes, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't even a big chunk of time, but I decided to do it laying in my bed. It wasn't a yoga practice. It was a, you know, mindfulness, mindfulness. And I listened to it and you would think that was the end of the story. Like, good for me. I cleared that space. I felt more clear in my day and I did and I did. And yes, I did. And that's fine. But you know, what came to me right after the end of that. I felt so inspired to offer to Amy a new podcast cover design. What? So actually, I don't know if you know this. Amy wrote about this today. No. On social media. So I read this this morning and I was like, what in the world? Wait, what? Uh-huh. Okay. You haven't seen Were it Were you yet. thinking I was crazy? Did she say no, that? No, honestly, when I, haven't read when it, I saw it, I well, the first thought was is, wow, that is bizarre that she would think to offer her a podcast cover. Right? And then my next thought was, is like, well, I don't remember what her podcast cover was before. I'll show you the before and after. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The one, and it's very simple. This wasn't like Becky totally. spent four days on it. Oh, but like, I took about five minutes. Just this very oh. simple... You guys, it was the most bizarre thing. I literally laid there and finished her episode. And then it's visually, because that's how I'm inspired a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It's just a visual, not words or sometimes, right? And it was literally, I could just see a new podcast cover for her. And I'm like, 
what? Mm-hmm. Who am I to tell Amy that she needs to change her podcast cover? Well, the only reason I even felt justified is because she is a personal friend. Right. And I know that she created the cover using the Project Life app, mm-hmm. which is so fun. Yeah. And I knew that she did it kind of last minute and just wanted to get it up and get it out. So that's the only way in my mind I was like, holy cow, who does that? Who texts their friend and says, maybe I have an idea for how you could change your podcast cover. Who does that? Yeah. But because I was in that headspace of cultivating space and really, truly trying to be open to whatever inspiration I felt, it was clear as day to me to open myself to that. So what did I do? Long story short, I opened her Instagram and I was like, I could just visually see finding one of her pictures, Mm -hmm. pulling it up in the app, pulling it into the the full page template where there's no Mm -hmm. words and just adding text on top of it. Like that was it. I saw it in my mind before I found the picture found the picture out of the text, texted her and was like, Amy, this is so weird. And please don't take offense. And this is like, I don't even know why. And she was so gracious, Becky. So if anyone's curious thankful. to hear Amy's reaction, go to Amy. Oh, apparently. Tenney. Yeah. Apparently you can read it's this. Amy Tenney yoga is her Instagram. Okay. And better look um, that up and confirm it. Yes. And oh her post, literally her words. <laughs> I'm going to pull it. It was up. just this morning. I'm not going to look, I'll get distracted and we're, we got to round this out. Oh my gosh. Anyway, you guys, it was so unusual and so bizarre, but the point of bringing up the story is because I made myself available. I was actually inspired in a way that I could better connect and serve somebody that I love. That was, that was my point. Okay. I'm going to use Amy's words. Oh dear. She says, this is midway through the post. She says, I was so thrilled that she used her talents to bless me in a skill set that I struggle with. She could have blown this off as not her place or not sure how I'd receive it, but I'm so stoked that she was brave enough to follow her thoughts and share with me. Oh, Amy. Oh, I love her. But you guys, the thing, the thing to do that would have been more normal is to brush it off. I think that's my point here. I think the more normal thing would have been like, well, that's rude that you think that you're going to have a better cover idea than what she created, which she created is Well, great. and let's be honest, Becky's not a podcast cover no. designer. <laughs> you guys, this is not her. This is not my, it's not. And it's not the even, point of this isn't even about the podcast no, cover, about any of it. No. It's about the space that was created. And what I'm getting from this is the joy that is felt, the true joy it was that connection. is felt over, over that connection. Mm-hmm. And that connection is so much bigger than totally. just you and Amy. It is like a universal truth, this kind of love and this kind of connection. Mm-hmm. And that, the feeling of that, the truthfulness, the pure feeling of joy, of love, of connection, that is the feeling we're after. Totally that is, is what availability brings you. That is what space brings you is mm-hmm. these moments where you are able to connect on such a deeper level, mm-hmm. not only with yourself, but with other people. And that is the kind of purposeful thing we want to be filling our lives with. It is. But if our lives are full, we don't ever have the opportunity because I can tell you knowing both of these people, there's no way that Becky would have looked at it from like a business or analytical standpoint and been like, I know I'm going to create a new podcast no, cover. I didn't like, I don't have, so out of left field. My, no, no. But look what came from it. Right. It's not just a podcast cover. Right. It's so much more well, than no, that. No, it's definitely not just a podcast cover because then what Amy texted me back that I don't know that she would have said this, but she texted me back what that picture meant to her. Mm-hmm. The one I chose. Yeah, she says oh, that she at the end of the post. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, maybe that's why the inspiration came because that connection that she feels to that picture and that experience that she took on that one place. I think it was in Yosemite or something mm-hmm. like that. That is what this was about. It was not about the podcast cover. It wasn't about me being insecure, reaching out to a friend, suggesting something. It was about following through with a prompting that meant something to somebody. And that, that, that meant I then felt more connected to Amy and vice versa. And then the world spins Do you a guys like sweeter. see this magic that's happening mm-hmm. though? When you're able to tap inside of things that you have, gifts, talents that you have, those gifts and talents are reinforced inside of you. So Mm -hmm. you love yourself more. You feel more ownership over the uniqueness that you were created with, which is amazing. And then when you're able to share that with someone and, and do something like Amy said, this is something she struggles with. Maybe that's not her gift, but when we're able to use our unique talents to help each other, like that literally is utopia. That is like the perfect world that is created. I agree. Because we love and own our uniqueness Mm -hmm. and the things that make us us. So we feel so ourselves. And when someone looks at when we're in a place of, I am so myself 
And when someone recognizes that and says, I see you as mm-hmm. yourself and thank you for that because mm-hmm. that brings me so much value. You had an energy exchange. Yeah. You were experiencing her talents through her meditation, which is, if you've never so listened, good. such a gift She's that she has. So talented. So talented mm-hmm. at it. That was an exchange. Like that was an exchange for you two. It very much was both ways because I had received her gift yes. and then she received my gift. And exactly. that no way on earth could you have told me that morning before yes. I got out of bed right. that that was supposed to be what was going to happen. So now why have, did it happen? Because, because I was it needed to happen. It was open. And but now you have you feeling so good about your uniqueness and talents, her feeling so good, and you have offerings that the other values. Totally. You guys. This so is the relationship like algorithm. Let's oh, call it that. It. But really, that is the magic. Like that mm-hmm. is the magic of human connection. And a much smaller example that equally meaningful, but doesn't need to doesn't warrant a whole story is in that space that I cultivated for myself this past week, where I really just slowed my pace. I took my my to do list. We'll talk about this in the next episode, and just shoved it to the side and just kind of like calmed my mind and all these things because I cultivated that space for myself. I was able to give the gift of space to somebody in need in that moment. Mm -hmm. So different than my experience with Amy, I have a sweet, sweet friend who is newly pregnant, super, super sick. And it dawned on me, just inspiration just kind of came right into my mind and my heart that was like, get her kids, get her littles, because she's got three littles and have them at your house all day. And, and normally for me, because I'm full-time running a business, you know, raising my own mm-hmm. family, all these things that are going on, that's not something I would have been like, I'm just going to have all these kids over at my house today. Because you wouldn't have had space for it. No, but I cultivated the space. I gave myself the gift of space intentionally, which allowed me to then pass that on to somebody who actually needed it. So I kind of am convinced, honestly, that part of the reason why I needed to cultivate the space for myself was truly just so it could work through me to get to somebody else who needed it way mm-hmm. more than I did. And that day was so special. She yeah. cried. I didn't know this until later that she cried when I offered. And she's Aww. like, I didn't even know why I cried. And then I realized people don't offer that. Mm-hmm. She's like, nobody gives me that gift of having a break for my kids. I, they're with me all the time and I love them, but I am so sick. And so she had that gift of, of rest and space and stillness and probably a good nap, you know? As we round this out, um, oh, there's so much I want to say. You guys, oh, there's so much. I, I wanted to just touch on really quick one more thing, and that is that when we do this, when we cultivate space for ourselves, and I just relearned this again last week, it can actually help us to be more efficient. So I say this for those who are like me, mm-hmm. who you love productivity, you feed on it, it feels good, it's the dopamine hit, right, of like, I'm doing things, I'm providing, I'm encouraging, I'm producing... I, I found myself way, way more clear and way more, um, better energy with my productivity after I had given myself the space. If we're always spinning in the hamster wheel and we're never stopping. And I learned that years ago, way before the anxiety attack on in different ways. But like, if you're always spinning, like you are going to just always be going at 50%. Making up the percentage, of course, but like, how much of yourself do you think you can really give to Mm -hmm. anything when you're in a sustainable way? In a sustainable way, you're gonna burn the heck out. You're gonna burn out. And FYI, um, there's a there's a term that I use for this, and that's insatiable overachievement. Because Mm. when you're in that kind of productivity and that kind of achievement, here's the crappy part: is it's never enough. Right. There's no amount of productivity that's ever enough. The finish line just keeps moving. Mm-hmm. And that is a sad place to be. Right. I know. It's a tiring place to be. It's a place I personally have to constantly fight to keep myself out of. I know. Because sometimes I really do attach validation to the productivity, Yep. which is very natural and I am aware of it. So when it happens, I know exactly what's happening and I know exactly what to do to bring myself out of it. Totally. But it will become an insatiable need. And if you are finding yourself never having enough time, Mm -hmm. I can't do enough, I can't be enough, you may want to consider that you may be in, like you said, that hamster wheel of the insatiable overachievement or productivity. Like Becky said, you guys, you may want to consider. That's the theme of this conversation. We're inviting you to just consider some things. 
This episode was a lot of conversation, including some of the thoughts that you guys have provided. The next episode is going to be more of this conversation and pointed in a different direction and with a culminating um, crescendo. Wow, that was good. Thank crescendo you. of considerations so mm-hmm. that you can break this down and, and leave the conversation with some very actionable things that we aren't going to tell you to do. Because it's I'll- totally going to be like, you're going to feel it personal for you. Because I'll remind every one of you and myself and Becky, because we all need to hear this, mm-hmm. you already have the answers inside of you. You already know what's true and what's right. It's about giving yourself space to like trust yourself and to practice trusting yourself. And so when we say considerations, we're going to give you all the questions you need to ask yourself so that you can discover the truth that is already inside of you. Friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life and specifically cultivating space in your life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you in tomorrow's episode. 